Welcome to Moment Talk. I'm your host, Shiso Moore. On episode 44, we have a gentleman that is a hardcore sportsman. On top of that, he is the lead guitar of Sudden Rush, man. He's played with other bands too, but we all know him on stage with all blacked out, black jeans, black leather jacket, a slick back mohawk. Well, guess who that, that gentleman is? That's Chinu. On top of that, Sudden Rush just started making uh, guitar lessons or did teach how to play guitar on their YouTube channel. Check it out. But first, let's thank our sponsors and I'm excited to get right back into it. Are you looking for the latest Hmong inspired menswear? Well, look no further. Shiso's menswear makes suit accessories, apparels, uh, and you can find them at www.xixomenswear.com. Yo, everyone, we are super excited today. We got a, a, a guitarist today, man, out of which band? I wonder who. Someone classic? Are we guessing other bands out there? But guess what? I'm a huge fan. I've been to their show a, quite a few times, and I love watching these guys play live. In front of us, we got a guy who was always wearing all black, black leather, mohawk, slick back cut. This guy's very young. He is Chinu from Sun Rush, man. How's it going to Vancouver, man? Hey, what's up, dude? Good out here, yeah. Awesome, dude. Man, I've seen you guys play very often live, and I enjoy the show. Just seeing you guys jamming it out, man. Yeah, glad you can make it out. You know, we're pretty, pretty excited to you know be able to come back to the U.S. and you know uh, get some shows, get some shows going, and put out you know a couple more albums since since the first one, and uh, just kind of keep keep the whole movement going, right? Yeah, absolutely. You guys just launched another last one, and the recording was great by a guest that was on here uh, was super, saying and uh, you know and. You and the team just jamming it out. Love the music video. Love you guys just jamming it out there. Uh, but you know, tell us one thing that we do not know about you. You know about me? Oh man, I don't know. I think everybody kind of knows. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty simplistic. <laughs> um, but uh, if 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 people don't know yet, I'm from Vancouver, Canada. If anything, that's probably what people don't really know. Uh, I still get a lot of questions on where we're from, but uh, yeah, Vancouver, Canada, we're Canadian. Yes, there's more people in Canadians, and uh, uh, we live in houses too. No igloos here. No igloos? No, really? No polar bears? <laughs> nothing? Nothing, man. Nothing. And Vancouver is about an hour and a half from Seattle, correct? Yeah, Vancouver is about an hour and a half north of Seattle. We're right on the other side of the uh, Canada-USA border there, right on the coast. Would that be about four or five hours to Portland? Yeah, that's about five hours of port. Yeah. If cool. you're fast, if you're fast, you can probably get there in about four, three and a half, four. But uh, <laughs> we could know speeding, but yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's probably a good old what? Whew, twelve hour drive to Fresno. Oh man, see, I've done the Fresno drive a couple times. No way. Yeah, yeah. It's probably uh, yeah. You're probably looking at about a good solid day to get there. And that's how I saw you guys, yeah, and you know, Fresno playing at New Year, seeing you guys live in Twin City when you guys come up here with the team. Love it, man. So, Chinu, I got a question for you, man. What is the future of the Mo music industry? Well, it's still, it's still evolving as far as I know. Um, you know, I, I can only say it based on my experience and what, what I've gone through with, with this whole thing. And, uh, you know, it's come a long way since we, we started going way back in 2007, 2008 there. So, you know, at that time, uh, this generation that, that we're playing with now, you know, everyone is still kind of, kind of rising up and it was still the older generation, you know, handling all the business. So, you know, they, it was kind of that old style and you know, there was not much of the industry going on, but now you have... Um, you know, record labels coming out and promoting artists and, and, and people are kind of more experienced that are actually in the industry, the actual real music industry. And they know, you know, you know, um, what to do as far as the process of bringing, you know, an international act like us over where, you know, um, visas are going to be required and all, all that kind of shebang. Yeah, it's going, it's going great. And, you know, we just, the only thing we can do is keep, keep it going and keep supporting one another. 
Awesome. Let's all do that. And there was a quite a few, uh, even through pandemic, there's quite a few live, uh, you know, Facebook live shows, man. Oh, you seen guys like, you know, Pomp and Paradise and ZP, you know, other great artists that came on too. I love these guys to see you guys on as well too. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd love yeah. to be part of it one day. You know, we've been, we've been watching all the concerts too at home here. You know, there's no Hmong people here and we, we love, we love being on the road and playing for everybody. So, you know, the next best thing to do is, yeah, keep up with everyone and, and join in on the festivities, you know, whether it's virtual or we can be there in person and it's good. It's good. So whatever they're doing down there, we'll be supported. Awesome. Awesome, dude. You know, in your opinion, can Hmong artists make a living in the music industry? Uh, at this particular point in time, I don't see that really happening yet. Um, the market is just not quite there as far as making a living. Uh, I myself actually work in the music industry myself, aside from the Hmong, Hmong music uh, industry slash community that we got. It's just, it's just not big enough. If, if you're just going to tour North America and, and put, put music out in North America, not gonna, it's not going to fully feed you, you know. But um, the, the thing is with music nowadays, everything is being done digitally. So the only way that you can actually make a living off of this is touring, right? Nowadays, when people order or they buy songs, they don't really buy the albums anymore. It doesn't work like how it did 10 years ago where you would go to uh, – J4th or Fresno in the years and pick up, you know, your, your best, your most favorite. We still do that. There's still, there, there's still people that do a lot of that. But most of the stuff that I've seen come in as far as, you know, looking at our statistic is that everyone is more purchasing singles, you know, online via iTunes or Spotify now. So the best thing to do is to get out there and tour. But at the same time, we don't have that many people in, in, in the U.S. or North America to actually make a living out of that touring. And this pandemic is not really helping that situation. It's not helping at all. Yeah, it's not helping at all, too. You know, this year's a write-off for anybody. Uh, I know that a lot, of, a lot of artists were planning you know, some big things this year, right? I can't say who. Um, but, um, yeah, everybody talking, talking to, with, within the, the, the music community, the artists, you know, there's a lot of people planning some big things this year, and, and we were all rooting for them, but you know, you just never know what's going to happen. And you know, something like this happens on top of that, everything else, you know, after that too. So you know, this year, just call it a write-off. Yeah. Whether you're a small band or a massive, huge name brand, you guys all the same struggle. There's no, you know, there's no live shows, period. Yep, exactly. Matter, Every, everybody small, struggles. Yeah. Everyone struggles the same. Everybody wants to play. You know, the main thing I believe for the artists is, is playing, getting out there, meeting the fans and, and, um, you know, just putting the best show that we can and having fun with that. So we can't do that this year, then everyone's kind of um, kind of on the downside. But, uh, you know, they, they got this. There's quite a few of us as far as artists. So everyone just kind of shares ideas and the whole virtual concert thing. That's that made a huge impact from what I can see all the viewers. That's probably the most viewers I've seen, you know, more than the concert that we've done. You know, it could be. Hey it could man, be a good it's a free. Thing. It's a free fun show. Right in front of you. Yeah, it's it's free, so that could play a big part in it too, right? So maybe that's something that we could think about too. Maybe once in a while, we throw a free show and just have fun. You know, give back a little bit. Right? I love that. I love that. You mentioned about the music industry. Can you elaborate more about your career in that? Yeah, yeah. So I've been working in the music industry for about five, going six years now. Uh, I manage a music store out here in Vancouver. It's a small brick and mortar store, so mom and pop style. Uh, but with that, it didn't seem like much when you think about it, just that outer shell. But within that business is all the different levels that you deal with as far as um, bringing in the product and learning, learning from the guys inside that business that are the next level up as far as the salesman that, that deals with us. But then they also deal with the guys inside of the business knowing what's going on what's new for this year what is what is in what's going to happen next year what are we planning for so um, yeah that that really plays a big part because we are we are the last like i i were i stand is right in the retail part. i'm i'm kind of a, in between the retail and actual distribution of all the of the products so that goes from there it goes out to you know consumers such as the musicians uh, so i kind of get 
I kind of get to see what's going on behind the scenes and then what's going on out there because I have the experience of playing shows and touring as well, but I also have the experience of the business side of inside the music industry as well. Man, with that being said, you're learning a lot about the business side of things then. Yeah, yeah, um, it's a lot. And I, it, it, it's hugely due to, to um, who I work with at, at the work, right? The owners. I'm actually the only employee there at, at, the, at, the, at the store there. And aside from the teachers who are contractors, but the, but the owners, um, they've really taught me a lot over the years, you know, as far as business and running the business and, you know, handling, handling all the upper guys because they've also had that background from other industries as well as far as purchasing you know, kind of digging deep, you know, knowing your way to kind of dig, dig a little bit when you need answers. I mean, Vancouver is not too far from Seattle. At one point, Seattle was a very, very, very huge music industry. And that's kind of back where, how would we safe to say, late 90s or so when Nirvana came around, which kind of began the sub-pop of music. Uh, kind of, the, they're like the founding fathers of it. You guys are not too far from that, and it's amazing <laughs> that you you know you're running a store now. Besides that, you're you know you're you're guitaring uh, on a day to day basis too. Right. Yeah. I try to you know a lot a lot of the Seattle scene poured into Vancouver as well because Vancouver was also a big hub. It's it's the only hub on the West Coast here as far as Canadian music is concerned. So a lot of the Seattle artists, you know, like Nirvana and Alice in Chains, like that that grunge. Grunge era, even even the local hair bands at that time, Seattle was a huge hub for them to come up and play. You know some of the more notable um, venues here in Vancouver too. So you know, it it really played a played a big part, and it we kind of have that in in our DNA as well as far as being a band. I'm surprised you're uh, young enough to know what the word grunge is. Yeah, when you're surrounded by music your whole life, it's and working in the industry and seeing all these guys and just learning the book through the years, it's uh, yeah, you kind of learn everything. And I oh. and I believe and I I went I went through a phase of everything as well, right? So I grew up, you know, um, listening to hair metal a lot back in the days. My brothers before I was even, you know, walking, they were already playing playing in bands when they were thirteen, before well before I even started playing. So I see here you know, those 80s bands all the time. And then I, when I started playing um, in about the fifth grade, then I started getting introduced into all these other stuff, like even stuff as far as back as the classic stuff, like the Beatles, all the way, you know, all the way up to grunge and the new stuff today. That brings me to the next question. You said fifth grade. No, so now at what age did you start playing the guitar? Yeah, so I was, my memory serves right. I started playing when I was about 10 or 11. So yeah, about fifth grade fifth grade uh, I kind of was in and out of it um during the younger years but I was always around because my brothers always we lived in this back in the day we lived in this like town town complex apartments there was a couple of vacant units and, and my brothers and my uncle would always be jamming in there because they were their Hmong New Year band you know back in the, uh, the, na- the late 90s, 90s yeah. yeah the late 90s Hmong New Year was way different than it was now you you went to the you went to the new year and then you had the night party at the end free and everybody's went and had a good time right oh, everyone, yeah. had, everyone had a good time we go meet girls girls are coming meet guys exchange phone numbers no emails no msn nothing yet so the I struggle was, was real yeah the struggle was real you know you send a letter out and <laughs> later you get another letter back and <laughs> right so dude i was not I, part of that but i would see that a lot with the brothers and they would they would practice every day because they they played a lot in seattle yeah i would also write a note and then tie it to a pigeon and having like bird whisper and have the yeah. pigeon fly off and send it to yeah. the girl yeah we nowadays were, the we dnc is a little bit different what a simple tech it is yeah yeah and you know to be frank we were probably just a little bit ahead of that actually that pigeon thing you know we're just a little bit just far enough you know ahead of that but uh that was really the scene i was so i was always around them the brothers playing music so i kind of developed a good ear for music as far as sound and you know tuning and stuff like that so that was that kind of came natural to me when i started playing you mentioned your brother was that what that led you to inspired in it yeah 
that okay. they, they were a huge part in it for sure definitely um uh when they were teenagers my, my uncle uh, is my dad's younger brother he in the 80s they were in a band in in toronto or kitchener rather which is ontario um, and uh in their teens they played in a band and then when he moved to british columbia here um, he wanted to start up a band so there was nobody here there was only like the, the kids here there was only like right now there's only about 20 monk families in vancouver but at that time there was probably like 10 or 12 maybe 15 at the max so you know didn't have anyone else to start a band with so he threw a bunch of teenagers together and they happened to be my brothers right so they they got a band going and they started playing within the first few months right first first gig was seattle that same that same uh year that they started playing and just kind of went from there yeah so at that time it was cam which is the, our, our bass player now he's the second oldest brother and then roger who's the drummer our third oldest brother and then they, they've always been playing since 94 95 already yeah. since we're talking about band and how it came about are you one of the original members of Sunrush? I am. Yep, I am. I'm one of I'm one of the original three me- three members. So the original members is uh, Pat, uh, Joe, who's the other guitarist, and then myself. How did they? How did you become Sunrush member? Just because you're like we picked you, you're pretty good at it, or just because you're the brother? <laughs> I mean, how does this come about? I think, I think I was the only one that had time on my hands as a kid. I just got dragged into it. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. I thought we were just going to jam and it turned out to be nothing like what I thought it was going to be, you know. I thought that we were just going to go in and write a song because we were bored. Didn't turn, I didn't, never would have thought that we'd be touring the U.S. You know, year well, after year, tours and putting out albums and you know, at one point becoming one of the biggest bands, biggest song bands. It was, it was definitely, you know, out, out of my expectations, but... Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing that I would have foreseen. So is there any music or song that you're working on? Uh, as of right now, I am working, currently working with um, not Sunrush. I'm actually working with another artist right now. I can't say who, who, who they are. Uh, I'm going to let them, I'm going to let them uh, present that. But uh, I'm working on a couple things with, 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 that, with that artist right now. Would that would you consider that an upcoming potential performance that you'd be playing with them? When you potentially, guys yeah. yeah, but potentially it, it it will lead to that. Um, I think I hope so. Uh, great, great person to work with. Great artist as well. Um, you'll be very familiar with them as well. Everyone's very familiar. With, with okay. Them. Yeah, just, just just some good stuff. It's just on you know another thing to keep the band motivated as well, right? When you do something the same for so long. It's good to kind of just turn off and, you know, take a detour for a little bit and then come back to, come back, regenerate, you know, regenerate it and re-energize and get back to your main thing. You know, since we're on the topic about pandemics and stuff too, um, how has your performance or gigs changed due to, you know, what we're having to do now? Um, I can't really say because we didn't really have anything planned yet for this year. Um, we did eventually squeeze, well, we, yeah, we ended up squeezing that one one last show there for Hong Nuo back in February, but that was just as the pandemic was not quite going crazy, but it it was it was starting up, so no lockdown yet. So we were able to squeeze that in, but that was really the only plan that we had for this year. Um, my brother Joe, uh, him and his wife were expecting their first child this year, so we were already expecting this year to kind of be a write-off. Awesome, a new member, new member of the family, yes. <laughs> So how do you stay motivated during this uh, pandemic? Yeah, you know what? That's a good question. That's a very good question. Thankfully for me, I can't say the same for the other artists, but for myself, because I work in, in the music industry, that's really what keeps me motivated. Meeting all the different artists every day that come through, you know, big or small. Local musicians, listening to their stories. And, and that, that's really what motivates me. And just seeing all the kids come in for the lessons and watching them, you know, gain gain the knowledge and skills that, that i never had growing up i never had that opportunity growing up so that's really the motivation just seeing these kids that actually want to do it and getting that support as well that's great man so 
uh, who 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 was like? Wait, 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 wait. You mentioned your brother Joel, and when is the baby due? The baby's already a month old now. He's a month old. Oh, yeah, a month old already. Yeah, just a little over a month, a month and a week or something like that. Yeah. Oh, congrats, to Dad! Like yelling, yapping, and jumping around already. Oh uh, yeah, everyone's spoiling her. You know, we haven't had a newborn in the family for uh, six years, so everyone's quite excited. Exciting. Yeah, and it's their first. Be... It's yeah. their first one, right? It's their first one. They've been trying really hard too, so that's why it's it's, it's very uh. We're kind of just letting them be right now, letting them do their thing. So now, uh, who was a role model for you growing up? For me growing up, man, that's, that's a tough one. I would, you know, we didn't have really many things going for us here in Vancouver. So I'd say the biggest role models were, were, were the family that we had here, right? Having the, you know, the same 10, 12, 15 Hmong families, all these, all these kids growing up together you know, that we grew up together with still to today and then my brothers i think that they were the biggest role models growing up we didn't have anything else right okay is there is there a band out there that you like their style the way they play it could be a make out home band doesn't matter yeah yeah well name your top five then yeah yeah so yeah growing up as far as music is concerned inspiration inspirational music uh we weren't i was never really exposed to 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 the any Hmong bands or artists that I could remember, right? Um, there was a few that that my dad would listen to back in the day. Everyone's had a trans that would listen to a certain cassette tape back in the day. You know, you had artists like Lu Ya. Um, everybody's got at least one album of this. I, I know it. Um, <laughs> um, there was also uh, artists like Mai Mo and Ying Mo and the bands like Peng Yu and, and and those guys, the classic bands from the eighties. As far as I know, that that's what I knew growing up. That's what I remember listening to growing up. It wasn't until a little bit later, and I was already a few years into, we were already starting Sun and Rest, that I discovered bands like The Sounders, uh, Reflections, and Malhu and Thing and Blackbone, all those guys. And I was like, oh my God, there is guys out there like us, you know? Right? There's, there's people out there like us, too. bands, you know, modern day bands, too. And it, that really inspired us. Is there a, an American like band that I yeah, would hear, have you when you're driving to work or you, yeah, in your AirPods? Absolutely. What what would I hear on your AirPods if I look at your iTunes? What would yeah, I yeah. So so the very first band that got me into playing guitar that that made me want to go like yeah like that's what I, that that's what I want to do is a band called the Scorpion. They're from okay. Germany. Yeah, the Scorpions. Yes, I, I uh, my brothers used to listen to them all the time, and yeah, just just listening to that really that that's really what what really made me decide that, I, that that's what I want to do. I want to play that kind of music, whatever that is. I don't know what that's called, but that guitar solo sounds cool. I started playing guitar solos first because my hands were big enough to do chords yet. So I was already learning solos. I was already learning my brother's bands, like their their bands, guitar solos, before I was even learning the chords. And, and what age was this? Uh, uh, probably about 10, 11. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I already, I already, because I was always, you know, the top ball, and I was running around as they were jamming. So I already knew, like, hey, that's what the guitar solo should sound like. That's what it should sound like. It was just a matter of finding those notes on the guitar. Uh, it, 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 as far as I can remember, it came pretty quick. And by the time I knew it, they threw me on stage with them, you know, without even practicing with them. And I, knew, and I think I must have nailed the guitar solos note for note. But you know, well, of course, that's why you're part of the member. Not that you're their yeah, brother. Not, if you're not good, they're like, ah, oh, yeah. bro, you kind of suck. I think you should play soccer. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I've, been, I've been in the band ever since. This was probably the first time I played with them was probably 2002. 2002 or 2003. Around that time at the Hmong New Year, the local Hmong New Year here. Besides that, that the Scorpions, yeah. is there any besides, besides that? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few bands, but the, the big ones that, that that uh, I can name the Scorpions is definitely number one as far as I know because they were the ones that, that really that I can remember back in the day uh, number two is probably Def Leppard Def Leppard's a huge 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 inspiration to Sun Rush uh, when you listen to our music um, the concept that we use is a lot of it's inspired by Def Leppard as far as like you know putting the music together layering the music 
adding the little stuff in between the notes and stuff like that. That's really definitely required. Um, me and Joe, the whole band, we're really into that. I've seen them probably like three times that they come to Vancouver now. Um, huge, huge, huge band. As, and, and as far as, you know, vocals and stuff too, background vocals, we were huge on that too. After seeing Def Leppard, it's like everybody's, you know, on top of what they're playing, they're also using their voice as an instrument too, every single band member. So You, you say you see them three times live? I've seen them three times and they've come to Vancouver. Is that the, is that the most of any band? The most of any, any band, yeah, that, that I've seen. Man, so I, I, I bet went, you I went were, to see them, yeah. You were fangirling for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like up on the seats, you know. I'm pretty <laughs> sure the security told me to, to get down a couple of times. I was like, I would stand on the bleacher seat, yeah. And um, yeah, just seeing them live, it's like, man, they sound like exactly like they do on their yeah. album. When Seems they play like you're, live. Mentioning, you're mentioning 80s, 90s. We got Scorpion, we got Def Leppard. Yeah, Def Leppard. Um, Who else? Yeah, and Guns N' Roses was a huge one growing up as well. Um, these are just bands that I would hear, like that my brothers would listen to, you know, those, those, those kind of bands. So those three bands, you know, and then all the other ones in between too, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, um, ACDC is huge. Of course, Metallica. I went through a Metallica phase like every other guitarist, you know. We all went through a Metallica phase. Once in a while, we'll still rip a Metallica, you know, riff. Um, and, and and, and and all those bands in that genre, right? Anything new? new yeah, a, a, a lot of new stuff. Um, right now, I'm really into a band called Trivium. Um, they're like a really heavy metal band, a lot of growling stuff, but it's, it's the musicality that is that what I listen to. It's not so much what you listen to. I don't know what the listeners listen to. Everyone's got a different way of listening to music. But for me, as a musician, I'm listening to like that pretty freaking cool what they're doing you know pretty darn cool i like that i like i like the guitar stuff that's going on and the way everything you know everything works together um so yeah i'm really into them right now um yeah lately me and joe have been listening to a lot of the heavy stuff but you know then you then you have the soft stuff too that really came out in in, in the the mid 2000s well early to the early 2000s to the mid 2000s bands like Lifehouse, Three Doors Down, uh, Nickelback, um, you know, all those bands in that, in, in that genre, uh, they were all huge. Yeah, like I said, I went through a phase of everything. I did a little bit of everything. And I think that kind of formed me into what I, what I do today. All those that you mentioned are, you know, in my era. And exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've not seen all those bands. I'm aware of all those bands. And just to share a little bit, the only one I've been to uh, is, I'm glad I went to Lincoln Park uh-huh. uh, before Chester passed away. I'm glad I saw that live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Great I saw band. a really, really, really heavy metal. Have you ever heard of Motorhead? Like super yeah. heavy metal. Yep. Yep. So I saw I've them live. I got a free ticket for that. But those are the only nice. two. And I love to go to see more. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great, man. Like I've seen Poison. Um, yeah, we went to a show. Vancouver, it was Def Leppard, Poison, and Tesla. And that, that was a pretty good, pretty good show. Three of them? Uh, yeah, three, three of those bands together. Yeah. Def Leppard was a headliner. You had Poison as the, as, as the mid, the band in the middle. And you had Tesla opening, um, which is great. What I like about these big bands, too, is when, when it's just them, they come around, they have you know, a few of the smaller bands opening up for them. And that's a great thing to expose these, these well-known, but they need a little bit of the extra push. You know, to a new, a new generation of listeners, right? Or a new, a new different market of listeners. So that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, but the best concert I've probably been to that I could remember would be it was a metal concert too. It was um, it was Breaking Benjamin, awesome mm. band, love those guys. Um, Breaking Benjamin, Bullet from My Valentine. They were the, they were the middle band. No, they they were the opener, uh, and the headliner was Avenged Sevenfold. Mm. I think I think that was a pretty pretty darn cool concert. Yeah. It was it could because I, probably because it was the younger generation of listeners like myself. You know, uh, when you go to Def Leppard, go to Def Leppard, you see people like all the fans are probably as old as their parents, you know, and or me, <laughs> and yeah. Kind of makes, yeah, 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 yeah. So you have you know anyone from the younger kids all the way to that generation. Bands like Avenged Sevenfold, most of them are like us. How did music change your life, if any? 
oh man, I think it's it saved me from a lot of stuff. You know, I think that that without music, I don't know. You know, I I couldn't see myself doing anything else besides music. It's just what I've always started doing as a little kid. Like I said, I started at ten years old. That that's all that I focused on. You know, every day from when I from the first day I started picking up guitar, I put in like five, six, seven hours every day after school to play. You know, to the point where it's like past midnight, and my mom would have to come and knock on the door, tell me to shut up, go sleep, you know, kind of thing, right? And I, I never did. I was never that great in school. You know, I, I was never great in school at all. Um, and and uh, probably if you track my my school record, I probably have a pretty bad attendance record too, because I was always spending my time at the music store. Everyone thought I was, you know, more light or something. But I was always at the music store, <laughs> doing that, killing time, or at the library. You know, on my laptop, looking at music videos on YouTube, right? When you're passionate about it, nothing's gonna kill it, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it was all I had going for me, right? And then that's what ev- all everybody knew me as. You saw me in high school; I'd always have a guitar, on. and I'd show up for a minute, and I'd be gone. You know, <laughs> either playing the guitar at the park or just doing things. But that's what I did. That's really, really all that I did. And um, yeah, that's all I know, really. Besides, so- there's another thing that I do aside from that too. Such as? Like, I'm an outdoorsman. So I do a lot of hunting and fishing as well. Um, but I couldn't go do any of that on my own until later, the later years when I started driving. Uh, hunting bow or gun? Uh, gun. Fishing fly or uh, baitcaster? Spinning, man. Spinning all the way. Spinning. Spinning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we have different, you know, certain times or certain certain kinds of fish you know we will use uh fly or baitcaster as well but you know just just fishing trout you know at, at the local lakes it's all just spinning bottom fishing i can go on and on about that too that that's a whole another love too. you and i could talk about all of that <laughs> i'm a huge about fly fisher i'm a huge fly fisherman too yeah we so can totally talk. do well, that that's a whole other episode probably, let's not yeah, go that rabbit hole episode. yeah let's not go that rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> anyhow uh what is the biggest obstacle you over? Uh, what is the biggest obstacle you overcome during the time with the band, whether it was with Center Rush yeah. or with your upcoming one? Yeah, the biggest obstacle for sure um, was during our little hiatus that we had there um, back in 2010, 2011. Um, so for you listeners that have been following us for that long, you might you might remember, but we kind of disappeared for a couple years just out of nowhere right it just came out of nowhere so um if you don't know the story yet um so the truth was that we were on our way to fresno we were headlining a fresno show this was during um we had a tour going on it was it was in support of the first album we were already doing shows for that two years already and the last show was in fresno we just finished the show in uh i think it was wausau wisconsin probably one of the biggest shows we've ever done it's probably like 3,000 people there. Um, great show. And they were gearing up for that. So at that time, like, like if you remember earlier in the podcast here, I, I was talking about how the older generation, how they handled the business was a little bit different than the new promoters now, such as you know, Yellow Diamond and, and, um, and, and Evolution Records. It's a little bit different at that time. So at that time, as far as getting a band across, no one really knew much. We were young. We were starving for you know, getting shows in and get, getting our name out there. So we were doing whatever, whatever it took to, to come down there and play. And like Don Lao, you know, didn't really know the process too of getting an international band. We, you know, everyone felt that it was okay to just come across the border and play. Like, what's the big deal, right? You know, nobody knew that 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 is a huge business in the real world, right? It's a huge industry, and there is something to be made from that. Um, but as a Hmong community, it's not really about that, right? We just want to come by, help, help each other. Everyone knows that term as far as being entertained. You know, just, just help us a little bit with, with, with whatever you can, right? As far as accommodations and tickets. So anyways, um, yeah, so, so we were doing that and on the way to cross the border, um, yeah, on the way to cross the border, Cam and Joe and and Roger, they already made it. They already made it across to the, to the border. We went in two separate cars, so they already made it. They went in their own vehicle and they made it to the airport already. It's just me, Pat, and 
another sister of mine. And uh, we went and, yeah, we just ended up not making it through, you know. And we ended up paying the ultimate price for that by getting a five-year ban, you know, from, from entering the U.S. So that, that's kind of what happened there. And, and it was me and Pat that got barred, you know, for four to five years. So there was not much that we could have done. And that was the biggest setback for us because we were on the rise, getting, you know, coming up as a band and, and getting, you know, quite, quite popular at that time. There was not as many Hmong bands or as, as many artists yet at that time. Like we were one of the top, you know, art artists at that time. I want to do. I want to. Yeah, should. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's that's really what happened. So, you know, after we got the bar, there's nothing that we could have done. If you try to challenge it, well, if you lose, you can get a lifetime bar. And the brothers, you know, it's too. It, it was too risky for the brothers because they all their wives came from the U.S. So. We just left it at that for a couple of years, kind of toughed it out, wrote music, wrote music over the years, and just really kept it going, really, you know. And then I, I had to keep myself occupied, so I joined a local band here or a local artist here in Vancouver. Um, and um, just kind of did that for a couple of years, right, until until the band decided that we want to put the second album out. So that, that that's kind of what we did. Wow, dude, that is a major setback but you know it's a good and bad in my opinion because that setback made us myself included want to be seeing you guys even more yeah so i can't say it would be as uh you guys were uh, exclusive you get what i'm saying like right so it's good and bad if you think about it where yeah it might have a setback but it was just like you know someone exclusive coming into your town to play and just like i will pay i don't care if it's you know two dollars or two hundred dollars to get in there and watch you guys so in my honest opinion you know it was totally worth the wait you know whether you guys you know you you and pat had was in that situation but having to understand that us as a band will like we'll be patient you know matter what the situation was whether we know it or not i'm pretty sure a lot of listeners may not know that at all but that right. was the situation at the time, which, you know, none of us could do nothing about it. Yeah, there, there was nothing that anyone could have do, uh, done, done about that. Um, yeah, the prom- promoters were pretty upset, but, you know, it, it, it is what it was at that time. Yeah. But at the same time, like you said, you know, it, it was a true testament of the band and the fans, too, you know. We, we could have just said, you know what, let's just call it quits, you know. Call it quits. There's no point, you know, to continue, right? five years by the time we come back you know the fans have moved on already right but the fans you know stuck stuck by our sides throughout the years too you know but every year we still got calls to go when hmf was coming up you know we would get calls to go and do the shows too but you know, we turned down so many shows over the years and it was just hard to explain why you know to, to everybody you know the same story over and over just imagine saying the same story to everybody you know I know, multiple times a month for five years, right? So, but it was a true testament of 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 the fans, and everyone had our backs the whole time. So, that that's really prompted us to get that second album out as soon as we were able to come back. That's what we did. I see, and well, I look forward. You know, the the latest album was pretty dope. The music video was awesome, and I look forward to hearing more from you. And you said you were on to another band too. Not you knew. Let's let's go back a few more years back. Let's go back about six years. I see you jamming out with a, a, another band out there, right? That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So that that was what I was doing during our little hiatus here with Sunrush. Um, there was a singer songwriter from Australia, and she had made Vancouver her home for that couple of years that that I was playing with her. Um, and uh, I didn't, you know, at the lowest point. In, in as far as music goes for me, I didn't know what to do, right, with, with what we were going to do. Because I, I really wanted to do the Sunrush thing, but there was nothing we could have done um, to, to continue as a band at that time. So I figured, you know what? This is before working in the music industry, too. So I did not work at the store yet. So I didn't have anything going for me, right? So instead of stopping and just, you know, letting it rest for a couple of years, I, I told myself, you know, let, let's go find a band in Vancouver. Let's start up a band in Vancouver. 
and I'm going to go and experience this, the local club scene in Vancouver, playing the cold club circuit, just like how every, every band did. So, you know, Craigslist every day, put an ad out there. I made a couple of demos, put it out there. Yeah, I actually met up with a couple other people too, but ultimately uh, this singer songwriter, her name is Jess Cullen. Uh, she actually resides in LA now. She's working on her music career in LA now. So, um, that, that's awesome. Yeah. And that, then that six years, that was, you were playing at a club called The Cellar and the production was called Redine Productions, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, so The yeah. Cellar, yeah. So I played with her for, I believe, three years. Three, three out of those five years that we had. What kind of style genre? Was it alternative or what was it? Um, she was very folky because she was okay. from the countryside of Australia, right? So she was very folky, um, mixed in with pop and rock in it too. Uh, I brought in a little bit of a rock flavor to it. And um, all, all the other band members too at that time, because we went through a couple band member changes during the three years I was with her. So I stayed on probably the longest up until that point. And, but yeah, we just played a little bit of everything. She had her first album that she released as well, independently. And um, we just kind of did a lot of shows. And, you know, we did quite well in Vancouver for, for what we were doing there. Yeah, The Cellar. So yeah, as far as the show at The Cellar, um, that was part of, a showcase that we did it's kind of like a battle of the bands you know um you do your we you, you get put in groups and you do these shows each, on these nights and if you make it through then you go on to the to the semifinals and the finals and the final prize was that you would get uh, a slot to play at a huge music festival like or all the big bands came to play right it's a big festival it's just like coachella and stuff like that same kind of deal and then you also get a couple of little things. It was sponsored by like music companies, like music insurance companies. Um, you would get um, uh, a session or two with uh, a local performance coach as well, which he's going to up your game on, on the live, on your live show. So yeah, we did the whole thing, you know, and we won that. We won that whole show. So Wow, that's awesome. Got, yeah, and it got us a slot to play at, at a music festival called Squamish Music Fest. And we got to play you know, share the same stage with acts like Bruno Mars, Eminem, um, Arctic Monkeys, uh, Walk Off the Earth, Arcade Fire, all those guys. They played at the same You know, this is your first stuff. experience, man. <laughs> yeah. That you was know, my first, this is yeah. your first experience to make it, you know, A, get first place, B, you know, have to play with these huge other black, or not uh, collaborate or meet even, you know, with all these huge yeah. Bruno Mars, et cetera. Tell us that your was, experience. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the very my first taste of being part of that music industry and seeing what it was like behind the stages. You know, not just attending, but getting that that pass that says artist on it. You get to go backstage and see what it's like. See what these guys are like. Are they getting treated like celebrities back there, or are they just like how we are at our shows? You know, just kind of mingling amongst themselves. And you know what? For the most part, it was very much this very close to the same as what we got going on backstage with our artists too so you know if if, if you know some of the artists are thinking is there more there is but we're pretty darn close you know it's just that they have they have all all the connections in place already which we will too once we get it established it's gonna be the same thing and i i got first i got a taste firsthand you know meeting the artists i never got to meet bruno mars you know, or eminem or those big headliners but some of the some of the other guys you know that perform arctic monkeys and stuff like that we got you know got to hang out with them have a beer with them backstage and meet a meet a couple of local producers too you know guys that worked with brian adams i think her husband came backstage and talked to us kind of thing and um so yeah that was a huge huge taste of of the music industry of what it what life could be like if you were to continue that we're gonna talk about that too because things are coming to a wrap here Janu. What does it mean to be a Hmong man? A Hmong man. Man. You know, it means a lot of things, but at the same time, it's your perspective of, of, of that, right? Everyone has their own perspective of what it, what it is to be a Hmong man. Like, we all grew up differently. There is, there always, there's always going to be that one foundation as a Hmong man. So, it is to... Be a, be a good role model. Be a good leader. Lead lead the next like next the next you know set of generation of kids, um, and and you know just learn from 
that first generation of, of parents that came here and see what they've done for us and kind of take, take the next generation to, to, to that next step and, and, and make sure that uh, we improve from, from what we were doing before. So as far as me, um, being a musician and a Hmong man, all I can do is support everyone, right? Support everybody. Um, and that, that's really it, you know? There, there's no being bigger than anyone else, being, you know, devaluing a, a anyone who's, who's not a Hmong man. Hmong woman, everybody's, everyone's the same. Everyone has equal power. Everyone can do the same thing they really put their heart in. Did you know Chinu is a role model? <laughs> uh, I did not know. I never saw myself as one. I never really planned planned it that way you know i kind of just did my own thing and, and kind of preached that to everybody you know do your own thing follow your dreams and kinda just do that you know in a way i think it was just me being my selfish self you know and having not having much resources here to get help from anybody it was always on my own so that's all i knew so you know if i could do it without any you know without anyone's you know, you know hands-on help then anyone can do the same thing you know because I had a personal DM like, hey, man, could you have him teach us on YouTube how to guitar? Oh, I'm really? Like, eh? <laughs> sure, I'll ask him. Yeah. So there you go. The, you know, the reason why we don't... Did you have a fan? Yeah, the reason why we don't do... We're not quite there yet. We're working on it, actually. Me and Joe are actually working on a couple of tutorials. Too. No way! Yeah, we'll be releasing a couple of those pretty soon. Um, we're working on some um, what we call playthrough videos where I go and play through the whole song for you guys. You guys will see exactly everything I do, all the layers that we put in. Well, we're going to go through that. We're working on stuff you know, um, where we go over every single song in our album and kind of the background and everything like that. So it's coming. It's just my brother's a little occupied right now, right, with the baby. So, you know, I can't, I can't do as much. But, it, it's but hey, works. guess what? Guess what, listener? At the very end, I'm asking Chinu to grab his guitar, and he's going to riff and guitar a little bit out for us. <laughs> So right, stay tuned for man. that because we are wrapping it to the end. And he's probably going to grab his guitar. But one thing I want to ask him is being a role model, you mentioned that. Can you give us an advice for someone who is, wants to be the next coming boy band or the next coming lead guitar just like yourself? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, if you're starving to get out there, you want to get out there, you really want to do it. The main thing is your commitment. You know, you, you can't get in there and and work one day out of the six, or one day out of the seven days only, and expect that you're gonna make it. You gotta put your blood, sweat, and tears into it. You know, the bands that make it didn't just make it overnight. You know, it's many, many years of actually doing it. So you gotta put in the same amount of work. Um, and, and everyone's gotta start at the bottom. You know, start at the bottom, work your way up, and don't, don't, don't feel let down when times are tough. You know, you gotta keep pushing through. And if you're with the right set of people too, with the same you know mindset, then you know you guys will be able to help each other out to to, to pull through it. Like for me, my band is made up of my siblings, so regardless of what we do, aside from music, we're all life partners as well. So um, that that plays a big part as well. If if you're with the right people, it's going to be a lot easier than being with the people that you that you don't want to be with. And just not motivated. If they're not motivated, for sure, it's not going to help you. So find, find something that you're really into, whether it's music, uh, outdoors, art, movies, anything that you want to do, it's the same application. Whatever you do in life, you really want to do it, you, know, you just got to put the time into it and, and do not stop. Right? Practice, practice, practice. It's not going to make it perfect, but it's going to definitely make you better. And being better is, is going is to put you up there. Thank you so much for the wise word. Grab your guitar because I have one <laughs> last question. All right. This okay. last question is going to be where are we going to find you and follow you? But grab your guitar, man. So for sure. the listeners, I'm, I'm forcing this guy to grab his guitar <laughs> and riff and jam out a little bit I, for us. Um, I had to go back home and get my guitar, you know. So. I know. I said I. this guy is, is – I made him do it. And he did it. So – I'm just blessed and heavy and super happy uh, just for the fans and just for myself too. This guy went back to him. Go ahead. Just jamming in the out, man. Just All right, man. Well, thank anything, you very much. Anything, for, for, yeah, anything. Thank you very much for having me on this podcast. Uh, it was great chatting with you. And um, yeah, you know, 
keep it going just this one last word of advice so just keep it going whatever you guys are doing uh if you feel like something's not right you know figure it out and and, and make, make a change if you need to right if you're already on the right track you got something going just keep it going no, not nothing wrong with that no. all right all right let's do a little bit of jamming here i don't know what should i play when you tell more you know like that right rock on man rock on we appreciate <laughs> your time but last work we follow you work our fan follower and and find you on social media anywhere yeah absolutely you can reach me on my personal um facebook there it's open for everybody uh just just reach me um it's, it's just my first name she knew uh split it up cheek uh space new if you want to reach me personally uh but you can also reach me via the band website too any if you go on the southern rush official um page you know direct it if there's any specific questions towards me just direct it at me and uh, you can also find a lot of our material on youtube as well music videos uh, yeah they're, they're, they're there all the time to answer any questions for thank you so much for your time and rock on brother awesome thank you for having me well that ends our episode if you haven't yet visit our website at momentalk.com or find us on Facebook momentalk lastly if you're listening on, on us on a podcast from Stitcher or Spotify Google Play or iTunes please give us an honest rating one last thing we want to give a shout out and DJ Peter for allowing us to use your song and beats thank you so much you can check them out on YouTube